Welcome to the first episode of MEC Connect. I am Matt Yaling. Patty Reinecke and I are kicking off MEC Connect with a series of podcasts about catastrophic workers' compensation claims. Today, we're going to define catastrophic workers' compensation claims and jump into a discussion with Courtney Waltz about how MEC's CAT unit brings value to our accounts. Thank you, Matt. This is Patty Reinecke, and I'm the Director of Client Consults and TPA Relationships here at MEC. And now I'm going to turn it over to Courtney. Thanks, Matt and Patty. This is Courtney Waltz. I am a Senior Catastrophic Claim Analyst at Midwest Employers Casualty. Thank you, Courtney. So today, as we talk about the catastrophic workers' compensation claims, as the new claims come into MEC, how would you determine which one of those would be handled by our catastrophic unit here? So as the new claims are reported, we look at the severity of them. Obviously, there's the fatalities, traumatic brain injuries, amputations of major limbs, arms, legs, spinal cord injuries, crushing injuries, massive internal injuries, paralysis of any body part. You would have partial or total loss of vision in, in both one or both eyes and serious significant burns by, on 25% or more of the body. That's what we would look at to put in, in our CAT unit. And we talked a little bit before we started recording about catastrophic claims and that as an excess carrier, we do have a CAT unit. And I think one of our biggest advantages as an excess carrier is we see these claims all the time. So, you know, we're set up to be part of the team when these injuries occur. And as part of the team, I think it's important to, to talk about that. Who else should be involved in the team when a CAT claim occurs? So when a CAT claim occurs, there's obviously the initial employer team that's there when the accident happens. They're responding, they're calling EMS, you're getting you know, loss prevention, safety out there, and then transporting them to the best medical facility out there that they may, they may predetermine for this sort of injury. They want to go to this level one trauma center. So that's the initial team. And then once the employer deals with the initial injury and getting the, the injured worker to their the, the medical treatment they need, then they're going to need to make sure they notify their claims administrator. They're going to need to put any potential access carriers like Midwest employers on notice. And then we'll, we'll involve other team members as well along the way, such as an on-site nurse case manager, Facilities, various facilities we may recommend as a center of excellence. We have our internal team members here that consist of cat nurses, our medical director, and we just try and work with our employers, our TPA partners to, to get the injured worker the best care. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing all of those different members of the team. It sounds like there are lots of levels that you have to go through with the initial reporting. On that same vein, since you have worked with catastrophic cases for the last several years, can you tell me about uh, the pitfalls of the initial handling you see on CAT cases? So the pitfalls, that's, it's a difficult question um, because a lot of the pitfalls are very early on where there's a lot of focus on making sure the injured worker is getting, getting the appropriate medical care and getting them, you know, calling 911. There could be pitfalls involved with not securing the scene, not keeping any equipment that might be involved, secure, tagged out where it can't be 
later investigated for possible defects. There could be pitfalls of failing to notify the excess carrier because you're so focused on just getting your claim administrator notified on that. And we, we bring a whole host of resources. So the earlier that we get involved, the better on that. Matt, what are your thoughts on any possible pitfalls? My biggest thing would probably be as a TPA, I'm primarily set up for frequency claims. You know, my pitfalls uh, as a, an administrator would be I'm not staffed to manage catastrophic claims like an excess carrier would be. I probably have a, only a handful of, of catastrophic claims in my book of claims. It's not something I see every day uh, for most organizations. And, and how organizations are set up and you think about it, the administrators are generally pretty close to the accounts they're administrating. The claims administrators are at least in the jurisdiction and for the most part are close by. So when you talk about catastrophic claims, I think an organization like Midwest who has you know, a CAT unit with three catastrophic nurses, with three CAT analysts, with the medical director, with a legal team, and those resources that are set up to administer and help our accounts administer their claims. That's where I see some of the pitfalls is, you know, there's so many moving parts. If I'm the, the account and or the administrator, it's like a tidal wave coming at me with all the medical components, the legal components, the administrative components, the family components, um, you know, making sure the injured employee is getting the right resources. So it just, it all becomes, I think, overwhelming potentially. And I think in some instances, we've seen people just kind of shut down and they forget to ask, who do I involve or who, you know, they just kind of think they go, <laughs> they go it alone and they forget to ask for help. Uh, so I, I mean, to me, that's one of probably the biggest pitfalls I see when it comes to the administration of catastrophic claims is there's so many resources out there with your administration company, with your employer. And we're going to talk about some of these later on in today's episode and in future episodes, but that's where I see a lot of the, the issues um, on that. And I don't know, Patty, if you have other comments too, you, you're a little closer to the account management piece. Right. And you're right. They're, they're so complicated. I think it is just a huge amount of responsibility you have for that, that injured employee. And um, on the medical side of it, you, you want to keep them alive. They've suffered some horrendous injury. You know, you cannot see internal injuries, especially when you're dealing with brain injuries. So not only do you want to give them that prompt medical care, dialing 911, but I think Courtney mentioned before, having that level one trauma center kind of already identified because they can't go down to the neighborhood hospital when they suffer these very, very serious injuries. And we have a small window to get them to the right place to make sure they receive the best possible Medicare. So that way they can return to the highest level of function. Yeah, to add on that, Patty, Another pitfall that I do see sometimes is once they're stable and they've gone to the closest level one trauma center, there's oftentimes obstacles that families can't see to maybe transitioning to a higher level of care for like a center of excellence for acute rehabilitation, which we see really good, excellent results out of these handful of facilities, but they're often out of state. So it's pitfall is not helping the family understand the importance of the early intervention of acute rehab and the ultimate gains and just recognizing that it might be inconvenient for this short-term period but in the overall long-term goals and recovery and return of function getting them to a center of excellence is really important even at risk of the short-term inconvenience of possibly being out of state yeah, 100%, I would agree. What other proactive steps can be taken as soon as you receive a claim that's CAT 
but not been accepted or there's no records yet available. What, so what do you do when you receive that claim? Maybe walk us through your, your initial setup and involvement. So a CAT claim, to understand correctly, a CAT claim has been reported. It's still being investigated. There are no records and compensability remains in question. Is that what you're asking? Yep. So it's brand new to you. You have very little information. Yeah. I would get on the phone with the employer and the, the claim handler and talk through the accident, what's occurred, what are their concerns with that on possible compensability. I'd recommend that they get an on-site investigator out to document any of you know the scene, any questions they have, witness statements. I'd make contact um, as the employer to the family, you know, if they have a contact to just at least get updates. I would try and get medical records. There is a risk that if you interject too much on a claim that's not accepted, that the hospital now feels that it is workers' comp, but that can be dealt with at a later date if in fact it is is not denied. But I would just open those communication doors right away and just get all the facts that you can on that. Consult an attorney jurisdictionally if what they're observing on the accident falls within the jurisdiction compensability standards. Those are all great points. Yeah, fact finding. Mm -hmm. I know it's hard, but you're working so quickly to get all of the information as fast as they can to make sure that that person gets the best medical care. But I think the point you brought up about communicating with the family is also a very important point. You've got a a husband or a wife, could be a father or mother. They're not coming home tonight. There's been a major change in their life, and they'll have a lot to do with the future treatment of this injured employee. So involving them as quickly as possible, letting them know you're trying to get them the best possible medical care is an important part of the process. And Courtney, I know we gave you a heads up. This question's coming at MEC. We connect with all of our partners in a way that makes a difference. Can you tell me about a time you connected with someone in a way that made a difference? So that is a great question, Matt. And I'm going to use today as an example. Earlier in the day, we had a a roundtable discussion is what we call it at Midwest. And that's a call that we include our customers on, the employer and the claim administrator and any other partners that might be involved, our internal team. And we we just have a, a roundtable discussion on that. And we had one of those earlier today. And during the call, it was really evident that the employer, Midwest, and the claim administrator, the focus was on the injured worker. And the employer had gone out of their way to help with getting appropriate housing for this gentleman. And our medical team, our our chief medical officer, Dr. Bronco, was available and answered a lot of really good questions and concerns that the employer had about what the future might look like for this man. And I really feel that call today was just a really great example of of what Midwest brings to the table in terms of helping the injured worker and bringing everyone together and You know, this guy's got a long ways to go, but with everyone talking about his recovery and willing to help him, I think he's going to do well. Great. Thanks for sharing that example. And thank you for joining us today, Courtney. For everyone listening, we'd like to thank you for connecting with MEC. We hope MEC Connect 
has made a positive difference in your day. And stay tuned for future episodes of MEC Connect.